Hey Solomon, this is Jay Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solomon's Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation, no... um, No commitment, just chat. And so don't parent alone. Click the link below and book a a chat with me. And no obligation, confidential and safe place to talk about you. What their dad and I choose to do now is going to dictate what they believe later. And that's a huge responsibility that is both exciting and really scary And I have to remember all the time that it doesn't matter what I think or want from my co-parenting relationship or whatever, that I have to stop and think of them first, even when it's tough. And that's just the sacrifice I have, have come to and that I think we need to come to if we're a parent at all, but especially, especially if we are a, in a solo parent situation. Tired, weary, frustrated. What would you be doing if you weren't raising children alone? What's stopping you from living your best life now? On Solo Mom's Talk, I discuss with solo mothers the challenges you face raising children alone. So if you're a working solo mom dealing with independent children, insensitive bosses, weight and health issues, or even debt collectors, Join us as we discover your path to get and stay healthy, increase your income, and live with joy and purpose. In this battle of life, it's hard to keep your head above the water. So win this I'm happy to talk with Dana Malstaff, um, boss mom, author, and solo mom. Thanks for coming, Dana. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, as usual, my first question is, how did you become a solo mom? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, well, my I have a five and a seven-year-old, and their dad and I separated when my daughter was two, so they were two and four. I'm actually in a, a very amicable co-parenting situation. So the the solo momming is part of the time and then a little bit of getting to ha- be on my own a little bit, which is fun and hard. I, I haven't seen my kids in three days and I get to see them today and I'm antsy. I'm antsy for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as it works, that's what matters, right? 
Yes. <laughs> yes. As long as it works for the kids. So tell me, uh, what have been your biggest challenge in going through the separation and realizing you're technically on your own raising kids? Yeah. Well, I will say one of the biggest things that I went through was I personally felt like I questioned all of my decisions. Right. So if I made such, if I made a bad choice with this one and I didn't get it right on, on being, finding somebody to have, you know, have children with that I was supposed to be with. Uh, and, and once you see your kids, there's no not having your kids. You know what I mean? You can, you can question the relationship that you chose. You can question all sorts of things, but you look at your kids and you're like, it had to be this way. So then it kind of breaks your brain. It breaks your brain going, well, if it had to be this way, cause I have to have these kids, but I made this decision that wasn't to the right person person for me, then I must just be somebody who makes bad decisions. So then you start going, I make bad, you know, then you start going like I own a business. So it's like, well, what are my decisions in my business? Maybe I should I so then I'd stop I stopped doing things efficiently or even in a timely manner, right? Everything was slower. I, you know, I would do my own. I eventually had to hire my own sales rep because in my business, I had been doing my sales and I was starting to sabotage sales. Like at the end of sales, I'd be like, I don't know if you're ready. And then I'd get off the phone and I'd be like, what did you just do, Dana? That person was a great fit for the program you have. Like, what is wrong with you? So I think the big thing was decision-making. I think the other thing was I, I, I don't think we give credit to these stages of grief, right? Which is, it doesn't matter if you, you were the one that left or, or, or you broke up right when you had babies or whatever it is. It doesn't matter what the situation is. There's this stage of grief for the fact that I spent 10 years with somebody and then that was over and there's this new life and a lot of it I chose. And, you know, but, but still it, it, it just has this, this thing that you just, you deny it and then you get angry about it. Then you, you know, it goes through those stages. And I think it took me over, well over a year to really go through the stages of grief of this new situation, this new life. And then once, you know, I'm, I'm in the fourth year going into the fourth year, I think I'm, I've totally got more of a groove. I get much less angry about things like things, you know, make sense to me. It kind of, now my kids feel like we can have fun together, those kinds of things, but that took a lot of time. And I think everybody needs to give themselves a little grace about how much time that takes. Cause it, it's a whole, it's a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And I think once you get in the mindset that you stop the self blame, and you stop questioning your decision, then you can move mm-hmm. on to the healing, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And I think if I have to observe, I'd say that probably is played a factor in you being successful at co-parenting. So tell me how you handle co-parenting because that's a big struggle for single <laughs> It's such a struggle. Okay. So I will say that as full disclaimer, I got lucky and my kid's father is a good, nice, caring person. <laughs> we do not all get that lucky. So I just, I have, I have very many friends where, you know, that is not the situation. So I'm in a situation where he's reliable and he is, um, you know, is a good dad. Uh, and I, I just tell people, you know, him and I didn't work out, but it's not because he's not a good father. So I got very lucky. He would like to be in the kid's life. We share custody. We're, we're amicable about it. So, so just to know for everybody that sometimes isn't even possible, right? That takes two people. So him and I 
made decisions very early on that said, no matter what we go through, because he has this just, I don't even know how he, I feel like I'm a relatively intelligent person and he has the ability to make me feel super dumb. And I don't know how he does it, but he just, it's this uncanny knack he has, right? (laughs) Or I'm like, how do you make me feel like I don't know anything when I swear I'm an intelligent person? And he just has that ability. So early on, no matter how frustrated we are with each other, we said we have to maintain respect for each other around the children, which means if they say dad said we can't do this at his place, then I at the moment say, then then we keep that rule. And then if I don't like that rule, I talk to him behind the scenes and we say, we don't, I don't, I'm not sure I agree with that or I don't want them over at that place. Or he'll say, I don't want them over here, whatever that looks like. And so we made that agreement early that when he's with them, I have to be respected. And when they're with me, he has to be respected. So it's not just about him and me respecting each other. Cause there's a lot of times that we're frustrated with each other and we do that in private. Um, but around the kids, I always have to maintain an air that he is you know, he's a good dad and he's cares about you. And we listen to him even when we're not with him. And I think that's been really important. And because we can both see that we do that at each other's homes, we then have more flexibility with each other. So if he calls me and says, I've got this business trip and I have to leave, I need you to take the kids that I am much more willing and less frustrated to be like, well, that means I've got to change all these other plans I had, or I'm running my business and I had these meetings. Nowadays, the whole thing's in flux because, you know, my daughter just was sent in quarantine for two, you know, two weeks because someone in her class tested positive um, for COVID. And so we got uh, this this whole thing where I had her and he had her and, and everything got in a kind of upheaval anyway. So I think the solo parenting, co-parenting thing just gets even tougher when it's when we're we're not we're not just bumping into each other, but the school's bumping into us and like life is bumping into us. But yeah, I think the respecting each other in front of the kids, even if you don't necessarily respect some of the things that's happening outside, that those are private conversations, even as and that is hard. It is hard when he when someone drops somebody off and you are angry or or something's wrong or someone was late or something happened and you want to say something so bad and you're just like, no, okay, great guys, kids come in and then can we please have a conversation later about about what just happened and we both need to feel that we can do that with recognizing that we we both ha- have are part of kids lives that they don't have as many choices as we do about what we're teaching them and what we're telling them and how they see relationships how they see men how they see women how they see those interactions and respect and love and what they define as all of those things you know what their dad and I choose to do now is going to dictate what they believe later and that's a huge responsibility that is both exciting and really scary. And I have to remember all the time that it doesn't matter what I think or want from my co-parenting relationship or whatever, that I have to stop and think of them first, even when it's tough. And that's just the sacrifice I have have come to and that I think we need to come to if we're a parent at all, but especially especially if we are a in a solo parent situation. I appreciate that. Um, one of my points in why we struggle so much is that we make co-parenting about us. And I appreciate it that you, you have, um, you're showing us an example of how to co-parent effectively, you know, like by putting the kids first. So I appreciate that. Thank you. I also appreciate how busy you are because I do, I am in your Facebook group. 
So I, I want you to explain what it's like balancing raising children and having your own business and starting your own business. Just t- tell us about that. Yeah, it feels a lot like working nights. <laughs> In the beginning, I don't have to do that anymore. And, and for anybody who, who hasn't ever met me before, I'm, uh, I've had boss mom for about six years. So I'm not in, in the beginning stages now, but in the, in the early stages, you know, I started my business when I was pregnant with my son. I, I wrote my first book when I was pregnant with my daughter, seven months pregnant, which everybody's like, why are you doing that? And for any woman listening, being your answers generally, I have to, I don't know. I just I have this thing I've got to do and I can't help myself and I need to do it. And I will tell you that having my own business and having built it now, I mean, COVID hit, I was so much easier to do. I was flex, I was, could be flexible. I could move clients around. I could do these different things. And I only work with people that understand my situation. And I highly recommend that whatever you do in your life, whatever your business is, whatever, to try and put yourself as much as humanly possible, where you are working with people who understand and empathize with your situation. I remember working with a client way back in the day when I my son was like three or four months old and he just got this insane flu, vomiting everywhere. It was like all over me in the car, all the places. And I was taking him to the doctor and I told a client, like, I we have to move our meeting and I need an extra day or two. And she just, she didn't have kids and she just blew up like, no, like my, this is the most important thing. I'm paying you. I don't care what's happening in your life. And I'm like, I'm covered in throw up. This is, I'm going to need a day. <laughs> like you're just going to, and I vowed from that day forward that I would only work with people that when I called somebody and said, my son just projectile vomited, they didn't tell me that why aren't they first? They said, right. oh my gosh, of course, yeah. go do that. And we will talk tomorrow and we will figure it out, but don't worry. You know what I mean? So that's really important to me. So when, when all the things happen in my life or I have a really bad week or something, all the people that I work with, we've built systems to understand that around each other. And that happens in their lives too. So that's definitely number one. And then number two is you know, we want to be able to get support, right? So maybe it's our, our parents, maybe it's our, you know, family, maybe it's school, maybe it's daycare, maybe it's wherever it is, right? Whatever is the thing where we're getting some of that support, whether it's during the day or at night or whatever, whatever. And I think if we started looking that if you want to start a business, that every system you build in your business, right? I have, ever, and I'm a big believer in evergreen. I do not believe solo mom should be launching things because life is just too unpredictable. So the more we can set into evergreen so that things happen every day, that a system happens every day. Our Facebook group is now, you know, I've spent six years growing it. But even in the beginning when it was 100 or 200, 300, we had systems in place so that we would, we could post things and it could lead people to a call. And there was an automation for that call to get questions and get into my calendar. And now, you know, we have automations for people to get into our email list. And when they get even automations of them joining the Facebook group, right? So what I look at is every single week or month or however you're doing your planning for us, it's every single week. I look at it and I go, what's a, one more system that frees up time? Because each of those systems is like a, a system of support. It's like a babysitter, right? That comes over and watches your kids for a few hours. I don't have to be my own sales rep anymore. I don't have to be my own you know, marketer anymore. I don't have to be the one delivering all the content anymore because over the last six years, every single month, I've looked and said, what's one more support system I can put in place that frees me up? And then when my daughter was here for quarantine the last two weeks, I, I only worked 
three, four hours a day and we baked together and cooked together. And I worked a little bit in the evenings because I still had some client works or videos, things that need to get done without a kid running around. But I actually got to enjoy it. Like I thought it would be really painful for her to be home for those two weeks. And it was actually enjoyable because I don't normally get my kids separately. Normally I have always have the two kids together. And so to just be with my daughter for two weeks because my son still went to school. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I've built a business where I we hit our revenue goal on the 13th of the month. And I just spend a ton of time with my daughter. I was like, that's that's the dream. And I'd get on a call with, you know, a colleague or a teammate and I'd and I and they'd be like, Dana, you're kind of a hot mess right now. I know. And I was like, I know, but I've made just as much money as I would before. Like, that's the dream, ladies, is yeah. to be a hot mess yeah. and still make a ton of money yeah. and have everybody still be getting the results that you want to get them or do the thing you want to do, even yeah. though I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Like we can't have lives that aren't chaotic. Like all we can do is is build lives and businesses where the chaos is doing things we enjoy. Yeah. Like that's, that's yeah. the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you. The systems will make it less challenging, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aww. So what is Dana grateful for today? Oh my goodness. Well, I am grateful for one, I get to get the kids back today, which I always enjoy. And we have, they, the kids share a room and I am one of those people that instead of trying to buy a lot of toys or a lot of things, cause we, we live in a relatively small place that we like to rearrange the room all the time. So today we are, and they're getting a little older and a little more into like the school and doing their homework and doing those things. So we are moving my daughter from her loft bed into the kids are having a actual bunk beds and we're going to create a little office space for them. And I got all the little things while over the weekend while I didn't have them and we're going to, they wanted me to wait and we're going to rearrange the room together. So I like it when we have little projects. I get very grateful when I get my kids excited about work and doing something and creating something because then we feel like we have these moments together. So I'm very grateful for that. Oh, thank you. And you seem like such a joyful mom and that's, (laughs) that's an achievement. I, let me put it this way. I am a proactive crier. Whenever I feel it is time and I'm feeling it come on. Like I, in my second book, Confessions of a Boss Mom, I have a whole chapter about how I plan my business around my period, about how I like I do all of those things because I know I get hormonal at times. There's a good three or four days of the month where I just feel like the whole world is on my shoulders and I am everything you know, is bad and terrible. And why don't I just like move to another country and, and get a job somewhere. So I plan for those. If I'm feeling super emotional, I will put on a super sad movie and just like let it all out. So I don't, I don't ignore all of the emotions I have. I think a well-balanced person isn't a person that's happy all the time. I think it's a person that feels all of the emotions and experiences all of them. And the more aware I am of when they're coming on, the more I can let them happen push through them. And then I think it makes it much easier to be happy when uh, the time is right, right to be happy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you you certainly motivate me. Um, I oh, good. Don't <laughs> anymore, but um, yes, I do learn a lot from you. So you are doing a wonderful job, and I appreciate it. I, and I appreciate the time you you're spending here. Tell me about your business, and how can someone get in touch with you 
and what services do you offer? Yeah, absolutely. So I run a business called Boss Mom, and we are most commonly known for our large Facebook group, which is about 55,000 amazing ladies. Actually, we the, the week we're recording this, I'm celebrating with a dance party, which we always do. And it's for all moms who are looking to start a business, to run a business, to grow a business, all the way from services to products, whether you want to be a part-time VA or whatever it is you want to do. Our main goal is to give you the support and the systems to help you raise and nurture your babies and your businesses at the same time, coming from somebody who doesn't expect you to batch your days and forget your kids exist and pretend like you have five consecutive hours to do anything um, for most of the time, right? Um, so we have that. And then we have our, our membership is where we actually dive into all of the tactics that I recommend on how exactly you structure your business and build those systems that I talked about so that the ultimate goal is that you only have to work 15 hours a week, but make a full time income because we've created systems in your business that do a lot of the things for you. And a specific way that we nurture our audiences because our moms are just, they, we need to feel aligned. I don't know if you feel this or not, but it's, it's, if it doesn't feel aligned, you just won't do it. And, and I think we get, it gets joked about, you know, by, by a lot of guys that's like, Oh, it's, you know, that thing you're doing, it's so cute. It's gotta be something you're passionate about, but we just can't help it. We're nurturers. So you want to build things that you're excited about, that you're aligned with and deal with people in a way that feels uh, aligned and nurturing and connected, like you're actually impacting something, like you're actually doing something important. Um, so we want to help everybody build businesses that way. So I'd highly recommend everybody go check out the community. If you just go to boss-mom.com, it'll show you how to get to our podcast and our Facebook group and our membership and all, you know, all of our resources and our new YouTube channel and all the fun stuff. So you can, you can binge on us there. Okay. Thank you. I am a, you know, I'm a benefactor of your wonderful services your Facebook group and all that goodness you put out there. So I appreciate you Yay. in so many ways. Yeah. Well, I love what you're doing. It's important work. So I appreciate you too. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I want to keep you too much longer, but I have two more questions for you. Yeah, fire away. One is, do you practice self-care and what does that look like for you? Oh, so much self-care. Yes. Although different things at different times. So just like in my business where I try and look and go one system at a time, I think us women and especially moms are notorious for wanting to do 18 things at once. And we look at the whole, the whole house needs to be clean and the whole thing. So we often look at it and go, well, I need to work on, you know, lose the baby fat. Okay. So that's a, then I'm going to work out 30 minutes a day, seven days a week. And I'm going to, you know, and then I'm going to, and we try to pile on and I've, I've learned over the years just how unsuccessful that is for me. So I work on what I call anchors, which is one minute tasks that help anchor me into a space of motivation to either potentially do the next thing or to set a habit, right? So for instance, I am not very good at working out. Um, I am... I'm, I don't like just running for the sake of running or working out for the sake of working out. I like skills, right? And I don't, I'm just not good at consistently 30 minutes a day. I'm just not one of those people that wakes up and is like, oh, I just wish I was out working out. Not, not at all. I was on Deanna Mason's podcast the other day and I told her that, uh, I told her, I said that I want to live in a world where hitting the snooze button is celebrated. That's what I want to do. That it's not looked at as like, no, if you, if you don't hit the snooze, if you hit the snooze button, then you're, uh, you know, then you're, uh, not, you know, never going to be successful. And I was like, I've got two kids. When I hit the snooze button, it's because 
I don't have to get out of bed immediately. Like that's a glorious, yeah, <laughs> glorious right. feeling. Yeah. So I do these anch- one minute anchors. So I do a, like two years ago, once the kids were old enough for me to take a shower by myself, I decided I was going to shave my legs every day. Right. And it was not for anybody else. It was just for me. And it, and it wasn't just because I wanted to have nice legs. Right. It was because it was an anchor. It was something that I could do in the shower took me one minute to do, right? And what I found is when I got out, I was more likely to put lotion on my body so I wasn't all dry and scaly. I was more likely to dry my hair. Like I was more likely to put on a dress as opposed to my pajama pants. And so I just found it was this anchor that helped motivate me to potentially do more with with myself and my body. And I'm turning 40 this year. So I'm like in my mind about what that means. And I'm telling you, I have not missed a day of shaving my legs in two and a half years. which is awesome. Right. Okay. And I, and now, now it's a habit now, now it's hard for me to even get out of the shower. It's just natural. The other one is I started doing a one minute plank and it took me a little while to get up to be able to do a one minute plank, (laughs) but every day just do a one minute plank where that's it. That's, and I've, I've heard studies that if you just do the one minute plank, it like helps with all the core of your body. And what I found is when I did that, I would go for more walks. I would, you know, go and work out more. I would do those things. And now recently I've just signed up through the same place that my kids get their kind of karate. It's MMA, but it's like a karate-esque kind of um, training. They're orange belts. And I just started the same kind of training so we could do it together because it's on my bucket list to have a black belt in something by the time I'm 50. That's like my goal. So I did that. And then nutrition, same thing. I love bread. I have a bread problem, right? I do not have like a candy sugar problem. I have a bread problem. I eat a whole loaf of French bread just just all by myself. So what I did is I instead of trying to do all of my nutrition, I just said, I'm just going to stop buying loaves of bread. I'm just going to like... Like, like the kids for sandwiches, that's fine. But like the, the loaves of bread for dinner that you cut and all those things, it was just, that was it. I'm going to not change anything else about what I eat. It's just that one thing. And then after a while of getting in the habit of not having that, okay, okay, what's the next thing? Okay, well, the next thing is this part, particular thing I eat. Okay, I'm just going to try, you know, do a week with just that, that one, that one thing. I'm just not going to add salad dressing to my salad, right? That's the, the extra thousand calories. I'm just going to add a little olive oil and salt. And I'm just going to try that. So I got into these habits. I just same thing with my coffee. I just said, I'm just going to take, just drink black coffee and it's going to be painful for a few <laughs> times, but now I'm conditioned to like black coffee and I'm not putting sugar um, or dairy or anything in my coffee. And those things over the last two years have now made it so that I don't have to diet or worry. I've just one tiny thing at a time cre- altered my habits until that habit, until that thing became a habit. Yeah. And then it, I didn't have to worry about it. Otherwise we just pour so much mental burden on ourselves. So I, I would suggest one minute anger anchors. Pick a one minute anchor and and go for it. That's amazing because when you pile it on, your brain gets so tired. You just give up, right? Oh, you do. And you look at it and you go, I know I don't, I just don't know that I'll get that whole nighttime routine. So I'm just not going to do it. But I just said, you know what? The only thing I'm going to do at night, if I forget everything else, you know, is I'm going to brush my teeth and I'm going to take my makeup off. That's it. That's the only thing I'm going to do. And then after a while, and that became natural, I'm like, okay, so after I take my makeup off, now I'm going to try and see if I can remember to put some, you know, some night cream under my eyes. Like, okay. And then, and I just do it just, and I don't, and, and what we do is I think we try and do things fast in our mind. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, get the body I want. I'm going to get the, you know, the de-stress I want. I'm going to do all these things and in a week, right? Cause that's possible. But then what happens even in business is we don't do that, right? So then I'll be like, I'm going to get that product out or I'm going to do this thing. And then six weeks later, none of it's done 
because we put so much on. And so I've just seen that happen so many times that I'm like, just going to do one tiny thing at a time. And it's going to sound right now like it will take longer. But what happens is you wake up one morning and your life is completely different. And it's so much more the way you want it. Um, Like for instance, with my kids from the parenting standpoint, I would like in the early days of being separated, I would get in like when you get that frustrated with your kids kind of feeling, I would just say, fine. And I would just say, fine, do the whatever, like fine, jump on the bed and fall off and break your head. Like, fine. I just don't, I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> like you go, you guys aren't listening to me and it's unproductive to do that. Even though that's the natural inclination to be like, fine, I'm, I cannot, I cannot protect you anymore right now from yourself. Just <laughs> let me go and cry in the bathroom. And so I just said for a month that every time I feel that feeling that I want to say that I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to tell the kids I have to go to the bathroom and I'm just going to go into the bathroom and I'm just going to put on a timer for three minutes and I'm just going to breathe and just breathe and then come out. And most of the time I didn't want to say that anymore. And I wanted to, and I kept that habit going. And so now I've created an anchor for myself. Whenever I feel like yelling at my kids and it's not for a legitimate reason, but it's just because I'm tired or frustrated, I excuse myself to the bathroom and the kids don't think anything of it. They don't think anything of it. And then when I come back, I'm much more like, okay, here's the situation. Either you guys stop or this is what's going to happen. And it, and it, it puts me in much more of an empowered state as a parent, as opposed to a frazzled reactive state. And just that one tiny habit has allowed me to be a happier parent. Um, and so I say anchors all day long. Yes. Yes. I'm with that. Self-preservation is self-care. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so true. So, well, and, and I think self-care is not going to bed feeling like you did something wrong. I could have been nicer to my kids. I could have done this better. I could have, I could have. Like if we just went to bed and went, all right, I'm not perfect, but today was a pretty good day. And, and tomorrow is going to be a pretty good day. Like that in itself is self-care because bad sleep is part of the biggest problem for most people, right? And if you just went to bed, not hating ourselves for whatever we did that we wish we would have done more of or would have done better or would have not done, I think we'd all just be happier. And yeah, those little tiny anchors that help us feel like we have control back of our lives, especially when you're single parenting. Like you just feel sometimes like there's nobody taking care of you. You're the only one that's that's in charge of everything. And no matter how tired you are, there's no saving. There's no, there's no escape. There's no nothing. Right. And sometimes that can make you feel claustrophobic, very claustrophobic, even with your own kids and a bunch of people around. And when we feel that way, we start to go, Oh my gosh, am I a bad parent? Did I do something wrong? Have I made a bad choice here? What am I going to do? And then we get frantic and then we do things we regret. And so it's like that, like, how do we get ourselves in the self-care space to go? How do I keep myself from feeling that claustrophobic, feeling that frantic? How do I get myself to feel more in control? And then we all have different things we need for that. And you figure out what those are and then you start one minute at a time. Definitely. Thank you. That I, I love it. Just gold. <laughs> so my last thing for you, my task is to ask you, given all that you've shared with us today and, and it's all mm-hmm. very useful to us as whether we're a solo mom or not, but one pe- one piece of advice, your best piece for a solo mom, just roughing it right now. I'm oh, just gosh. roughing it. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. One piece of advice. Well, I mean, the one statement would be like, you're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. I, I think that the most useful thing for a solo mom is to talk to your kids about being a team. I think that is the most useful thing I've done becoming a solo mom because when you're with a partner, you have 
two people that are parents and then the parents are a team and they're telling the kids what they should do. But when you're a solo mom, the kids are part of the team. And so what I try to teach the kids is this isn't about you doing chores. This isn't, I remember one time I was so tired. I was so tired. It was like three months in last year of everybody being locked down and it was time for bed. And the kids just said, mom, we don't want to go to bed. And I said, going to bed isn't about you right now. It's not because you need to get sleep. It's not because I want to, you know, make sure you're asleep. It's, it's because I need to go to sleep. I need to be asleep by like eight o'clock tonight, guys. This is not about you. Sometimes going to bed is about mom getting rest so that she can doesn't cry at night, you know, and telling them you're, you're part of this team. My five-year-old daughter knows how to make coffee and breakfast in the morning so that if we're running behind, she can help. My son knows how to help my daughter with things. And when you come at it saying, look, we are a team, we're in this together and I need your help and you need my help. And I promise to listen and respect you as long as you promise to listen and respect me and we'll communicate. And I, I look at my kids and I don't, I don't require them to be adults. I want them to feel like they can play and be kids for as long as possible. But I do want them to understand the dynamic of a team and respect and love. So when they do something, I often tell them what you just did makes me feel like you don't care or love me. Because if you're not going to listen to me, if you're not going to do the things that we need in this house to keep it clean, to keep it safe, to keep all of those things, then that means you don't respect or love me or the things in it. And is that true? And they'll go, no, not at all. All. And I said, well, then maybe we want to rethink how you handle that situation because we're a team. And if we're not going to be a team, then we're not going to get through this together. And this isn't going to work and we're not going to be happy. And then, so I think that'd be my one advice, like tackle the dealing with your kids, not as being the person that has to manage everything and control everything, but let your kids rise up to helping because they should see you cry. They should see that it's hard sometimes. They should see all of those emotions that you have. Don't hide them from your kids. They need to know that life is hard. <laughs> a lot of the time and that they also have the power to make it better, to make your day better, to make their day better, to make all of those things. And I think that team dynamic for a solo mom especially can really make life so much easier. I think, yeah. Thank you. I wish I knew that. <laughs> I wish I knew that 20 years ago. But anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Star, for coming, talking to us in Solo Moms Talk. I really appreciate you. Oh, thanks for having me. This has been a blast. Thank you. What an awesome treat. Did you enjoy that? I love talking to Solo Moms, and I would love to hear from you. In the meantime, grab a free copy of my latest ebook, The Solo Mom Manifesto. And when you subscribe, you will receive a full audio version as well. I believe that being a solo mom inspires me to do and be better because I want my children to do and be better than I am. This is a quote from the Solo Mom Manifesto. Click the link below and get your free copy today. Remember, you don't have to parent alone. Hello solo moms. As a solo mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, my mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life. To see yourself as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma 
can be a heavy burden to carry and parenting alone can be a lonely journey but it doesn't have to be that way i want you to know that you are not alone you have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire i want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward, create a plan to help you heal and empower you. You can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jen at jrosemarie.com or by calling plus one 917-994-1329 or schedule a consultation with the link below. I am here for you. And I want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment. Don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer. Don't parent in silence. So take action today and let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.